We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Brian, let's get into the mailbag, my friend. We got a super chat from Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Thank you very much. This team is dangerous, and I'm excited for this year. Pretty much says it all. I mean, that's yep. how well, I again, feel. If you're not excited about what a team looks like on day one, it's going to be a long year. I mean, let's be <laughs> real about facts. that, right? Like, there's a lot this team has to prove. We were – that's you, each day is its own day. I like where they're at with day one. Now, if they look like this on day nine, there's a problem. Sure. But day one is certainly a lot to be excited about. Certainly. Absolutely. Mark one with the super chat. Thank you so much. Congratulations on over 700 in the chat. Well, there's over 850 now. So look forward to what this team can accomplish this year. Looks good. Look out good. Yeah. Yep. It is good. Got a couple super good. stickers from Patrick Frass. You got Damn. one for 10, one for five. We appreciate Beautiful. you very, very much. And then we got a thank big you. one from Eric Tomo. Oh, Eric, thank you so much for that super chat, man. That is awesome. I'm a longtime listener. I usually watch you guys on replay. Here's to a great season. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm, that, I really am excited for this season. I really am, Vince. I am. It's, you know, how good is this team going to be? I don't know. We don't know. Will they be 12 and 0, 10 and 2, 9 and 3? I don't know. I just love the talent of this team. I, I think there's pieces in place for this team to be pretty good. Uh, I really do. There's a really nice blend of a lot of experience. Like there's over 300 career starts coming back in Notre Dame this year. I counted this up. There's 180 wow. something on defense. There's like 140 something on offense. Even if you take out Sam Hartman's 45, there's still over a hundred on offense. And so, yeah, but there's also some really talented younger kids. There's some guys coming back from injury like Jadarian Price. And the other good thing is, is knock on wood, not that that matters at all. It doesn't. But the only guy that was on the sidelines today was Caleb Smith, who mm-hmm. uh, from the freshman receiver, KK right. Smith is what uh, he goes by. He was the only guy out today. He had shoulder surgery in the offseason from an injury he sustained in high school. But Coach Freeman talked about that today in the press conference that he's going to be out at least a couple months. But yeah. Other than that. And they were pretty healthy. I don't remember a time when they had this few guys, and I don't remember anybody going out during the practice. Like, I mean, they no. looked like they were in pretty good shape. There's, there's nobody really 
and it was pretty humid today. I thought it, it got it better, but it was pretty humid today. I don't remember anybody up chucking, and nope. we usually see that on first nope. day of practice. We see somebody over by the bins, kind of heaving so, up their breakfast or whatever. Remember last year? Either. Last year, um, oh, I didn't see last year. So right, but they they had guys that were tapping out, like they from it from heat. And they were yeah. like, no, you're good. You get out of here. You know, that kind of a thing. That didn't happen right. today. Now, they shortened it, I think, on purpose because they kind of learned their lesson. But mm-hmm. I didn't see any of that this year. Well, and with- Coach Freeman talked about that. He said he felt last year there was so much emotion and energy. Right. They burned out really quick. And then that you kind of wear you down. So he he purposely kept the first day a little shorter. Plus, they had a really hard summer workout program. Sure. And, and Coach Freeman talked about like the Matt Bayless stuff. And he, he mentioned like, look, you know, Coach Bayless got us through, you know, was there through the whole summer. That's a big part. And what they're going to be doing in this in the fall is like that that plan's already been created by Coach Freeman and Coach Bayless. Like right. it's now it's up to Fred Hale and the rest of the strength staff to carry it out. But that plan was already created. Exactly. By Coach Freeman and Coach Bayless. And so that's a good part too. But that that leads to kind of part of the excitement is they, they it's not like it was a shorter practice. It wasn't like a super, super, super up tempo practice, but it wasn't a laid back practice either. They were right. they were working. Oh sure, it was sunny until the very end, uh, you know, and and pretty humid. I mean, you and I were talking on the phone on the way there as we're game planning. Yeah. I mean, I just like opened my garage and like punched me right in the face how humid yeah. it was. It was just yeah. it was it was really thick, but they were clearly in good shape. But when they were there, they were working, and like you said, I didn't see anybody tapping out. Now they also did a good job of getting a lot of dudes reps today as well. Absolutely smart. A lot of reps you, for everybody. You start, you start getting fatigued on day one and two and three. You're going to be in trouble. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're somebody, somebody in the chat said something like, did, you know, the, the freshman safeties get, uh, you know, get any reps. I was like, yeah, everybody got reps. We like, talked about them a little bit. We no, talked no, about no, I, know. I just like in general, yeah. it made me think of the fact that like, I, nobody was on the sideline. Like everybody got reps. Right. There was walk-ons that were getting reps. Like there's a, there's a couple walk-ons that were just calling in plays the whole time. Sure. But that was their job. Like they were, right. that was their reps as they were calling right. stuff in. Yeah, for right. sure. But yeah, we we it was a it was, there was good work done today, yeah. definitely good work done today. No, and but Eric, again, thank you for that super chat, man. I appreciate that very very much. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From Jacob Mears, who surprised you enough today that if they perform as well throughout camp as they did today, will secure a starting role? So does that mean like guys that we didn't that think we're going to start works. already? Yeah, I, I, I would be very hesitant to say that about something on day one. Yeah. Like I'll just use an example. Let's say I were like, Hey, I really liked what I saw from Rocco Spiller today. He may beat up is an offensive line with no pads on. Right. Like I love that. I saw from Rocco, but I'm, I'm not like, let's pump the brakes on how he looked is going to beat out. So-and-so there's no pads on what, what I would say is, is Jacob, that the, the takeaway that I would look for is, Nobody disappointed me today athletically or conditioning-wise or effort-wise. Right. That's a big takeaway. And some guys were more athletic, more explosive. Right. So, you know, to, the best I could do with your question would be the way that J- 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 the way Jadarian Price and Jabron Payne moved around today, you feel really good about the running back depth. Sure. As much as we can know without running backs having pads on. And that's the big keys with no pads on. It's just, it's too hard to get into that kind of discussion, Jacob, of, of this guy may secure a starting role. Uh, you know, uh, can I, right? Cause like, can I we, say we praised Rocco, but we also thought Andrew Christophic had a good day. It's just Rocco was the bigger kind of question mark. coming. It's the bigger revelation, I guess, is from, from last year to this year. Like, right. I, you know, but I will. All, nobody eliminated themselves. How about that? Like nobody yeah. came out and was like, and you and I were like, oh, like that's yeah. A guy that we thought was going to play right. is like, yeah, this guy's light years away. Right. Like, exactly. So boy, I, Rico Flores had a great spring, but man, he looked rough today. Like no, didn't like he didn't have a good day, but he still looks like a talented kid that just you exactly know, needs to continue to work. So yeah, that and that's and and nobody so far, right? At least to say got got hurt. Brandon asks, I like hearing Coach Marcus Freeman talk about the younger linebackers getting reps with the ones, but why is Maris being locked into the starting will spot instead of having an open competition? I mean, he never said there's not an open competition. Right. The whole point of of getting those guys reps with the one is to see what they can do. I'm not going to have an open competition the way that you're defining it with guys who've never played. Sure. What I'm going to do, however is get those guys opportunities to get those reps with the one, see how they perform, and if they do, then this kid's going to push. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what you're looking for is you're looking for Coach Room to come in and say, Marist has is, is, is got a battle to keep his job. Well, he's not going to say that. Right. We don't need him to say that. What we need to see happen is exactly what he said. I better see Jalen Sneed and Nolan Ziegler and Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury in opportunities to get those reps to see how they perform. And if they perform well, then you right. give them more. If they keep performing well, then you give them more. So to say that Maris is locked into the starting will spot, I don't think that's fair to say on the first day. You're always going to put your veterans and your returning starters on the field on the first day unless they already got beat out in the spring. Sure. And that didn't happen. So I don't know that that's a fair takeaway from practice one or a fair takeaway from what Coach Freeman said in – the post-practice press conference. I, I actually right. think what he's saying is exactly that because you, you don't promise guys 
playing time. You, you promise them an opportunity. That's all. You know, I'm, you're going to start. You're going to do this. I'm going to give you an opportunity, and what you do with it is up to you. That's that's what you tell kids. So if I'm going to give you reps with the ones, I'm giving you your opportunity to go show me that you can play at this level. That that if that's not an open competition, I don't know what is. I mean, we'd have to say that we think that if if in those instances where they give them reps with the ones, if they go perform at a high level that it won't matter. They're just going to keep playing Maris. I don't think that what evidence do we have of that right now with this coaching team? We, we don't know really, actually, we don't really know one way or the other. So I'm going to take coach Freeman's word yep. with what he told me this summer. And then what he said in the press conference, which is, and you're not getting these guys one reps just in case they may have to play someday. Right. You're giving them run one reps to see what they can do. And if they prove themselves capable, then you give them more, you give them more. It's the very definition of an open competition, in my opinion. Yeah, nothing set in stone on day one. I will say that. Yeah. For the most part, Sam Hartman's going to start at quarterback. Yeah. But that Mark was already going to happen. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, kidding. I'm, happen. I'm joking. But yes. Yeah. Oh, it, it came up. We I was looking. Another, I don't know yeah. why I was looking for more questions. It's sitting right it's in front of me. Who one. gets the first ever IB practice uh, practice warrior of the day award? I didn't realize we were giving out awards. Yeah, I. Warrior of the day, uh, it, I'd probably go Benjamin Morrison. I'll go Xavier Watts. We'll okay. each give it. We'll each give one. How's that? Okay, it's fair. <laughs> I don't know. It's fair. Yeah, I like that. I can dig that. Irish Gordian, not. It was cool hearing you ask a question at the press conference. How do you go about selecting the question that you ask? Well, a lot of times it's just the question I'm most curious about, kind of going into practice, right? Um, you know, with everything that happened yesterday and some things that we had heard, I wanted to really find out from coach. And then I looked at the roster last night and just saw the long list of guys that are four plus pound weight gains. And said, man, I'm, you know, I'm curious if there's some things they're doing differently. And then I was very curious to kind of, you know, I, cause I don't know the answer to this. Cause I, I don't know. It's always like, uh, sometimes you'll ask a question you already know the answer to, cause you want to get the coach to quote, to say the quote. So I know this, but I need to hear him say it. Well, to me, I was very, genuinely curious because I've never been a head coach. It's like, I, I talked about this on the message board post I did about coach Bayless last night. You know, if, if I'm an, if I'm an offensive line coach and they hire a new OC and we were running inside zone, outside zone counter before this guy wants to keep me as the old line coach, but he wants to run pin and pull and air raid stuff and all that. I got, I, I know, I know offensive line play, but I don't know that stuff. So what I'm going to do is this off season after he gets hired, I'm going to go spend some time with, Bill Bedenball at Oklahoma, who's an air raid guy that teaches that kind of stuff. I'm going to go down to Tennessee maybe, and or actually he's their O-line coach I think is now and down south. I may go down to spend some time with Alex Atkins and do that kind of thing. If if I'm an O-line coach and we were a pin and pull team and we're moving to more of a traditional offense, I'm going to see if Harry Heastan can sit down and have some time with me. I'm going to go hang out with Sharon Moore and talk about the techniques that they use to teach their concepts and how that implements into what we do. And I know how to learn that stuff, right? When I became a running backs coach for the first time, receivers coach for the first time, that's what I would do is I would, you know, talk to and with people that know how to do it and see what worked for us and what we're trying to do. Well, I don't know if it's the same way in strength program or if there's other ways they do it. And turn turns out they don't do it that same way in strength program, right? It, it's he has someone who's tasked with going out and finding that. And then he brings that stuff to Coach Freeman and Coach Freeman makes decisions about what they're going to do. And you know, Coach Bayless was part of that process. He's not anymore because he's he's now re- retired. So, or resigned. So, 
I think those things are all part of it. And I was very curious how that works and, and, yeah. and, and to hear what the changes that they've really implemented are, because you're always evolving, right? I mean, you're always adding little wrinkles here, little things there. What, what's our strength? You know, what, what are some things our team had issues with last year? You know, are we doing enough to, to implement speed plus power or, you know, there's all types of things. You're always getting, looking to get better. And that's kind of what they're looking to do with that. Yep. So that's why I asked Absolutely. that question today. And, and I knew what the other questions were going to be. Backup quarterbacks, running backs, corners. I mean, Venus is going to get asked, and it's good that that stuff's got asked. So you 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 have to be prepared to, you know, what what are you curious about? And that's what I was curious right. about today. Yep. Stevie Wonder, Tyson Ford dropped quite a bit. Big end his calling for this year. That's what he played today. Now again, I don't know if that's what he's going to play forever, but I. It sounds like because what was one of the things we talked about when we did our D line previews? I don't know who the next D end is after the two veterans, after right. Nana and Javante Jean Baptiste. It right now it's just a freshman. We said somebody's going to have to play there. Well, now we have our answer. It's Tyson Ford. It's Tyson Ford, and and I think Aiden Gobira is going to get some work there too. Those two guys are going to compete for that. Aiden's up fifteen pounds. Tyson's down eighteen pounds. So I think Tyson kind of gave. Aiden some of his weight, which he needed. He's up to 256 now. <laughs> and so they're going to compete there for that, for that, uh, for depth at that position. So that's, that's now, could he again continue? Cause you and I both felt he put on a little bit of not great weight to get up to yeah. 292. So you wanted yeah. to get some yeah. of that off and then build it back up and muscle. Started his growth just a little bit. Yeah. You know, learning yeah. the position and all that kind of I stuff. Think so. yeah. yeah. I think so. It's explosiveness. Andre Tonsol. Marcus Freeman is building a team to look somewhat like Georgia and Alabama, which I like. To a degree, I think there's some truth to that. You know, we're going to be physical in the trenches and fast on the perimeter. I, I think so. Right. Schemes are going to be different, but oh, philosophy, yeah. I would, I'd say that's somewhat accurate. I would say that's also kind of what worked for Clemson when they were really good. It's what worked for Ohio State when they were really good. I mean, that's the recipe, right? Be really athletic on the perimeter and be able to be butt kickers in the trenches. I think that's partly why Michigan, we talked about this yesterday, it's why Michigan has beaten Ohio State the last two years. Ohio State's got the better perimeter talent. Michigan's way better in the trenches, and that's why they've been able to dominate. Sure. you still. This is still a physical – I know the rule changes are consistently, constantly moving in, a, in, in change of that, and I think in the NFL it's gone even too, even further than that. But in college football, you still got to be able to be great in the trenches if you're going to be a championship team. Sure. You, you just – TCU would have been a much more competitive against Georgia last year in a seven on seven tournament than in a eleven on eleven game. Just would have. Yep. Right. You still got to be. You still got to play big boy football, and Coach Freeman understands that, and he's building towards that. And that, to me, Andre, is what you're hitting on there. And what's important is that's if you want to compete with those teams, you have you, like the problem with Georgia and Alabama relative to Notre Dame is they're they're really good at what Notre Dame is trying to define themselves at, which is line play. Well, that's what Georgia's doing. So if you want to be better than them, then you've got to even be better than them there, but you've got to get better than them some other places, which means you can't, it can't be a wash in the trenches and then they beat you on the perimeter because that's exactly what happened in the playoff game in the Rose Bowl in 2020. If you go break that film down, Notre Dame's offensive line and defensive line more than held their own against Alabama that day. Where Notre Dame got worked is – when the ball got on the perimeter, skill, yeah, Bama was way better. Yeah, and they, they just, I mean, and the look, screens, they, they couldn't tackle. They, they just all that stuff so well to get certain guys the ball and and all the things that we're talking about. What we think Notre Dame is going to be, 
That's what Alabama was doing, man. I mean, I mean they schemed to get Devontae their guys Smith the catch like three balls behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. They ended I mean, up being big. One of them went for a touchdown. They moved him all over the place just to make right. sure that he was getting matchups that were good, and they found a matchup that they really liked in that game, if right. anybody remembers, and it wasn't good remember after game. the after the, the pass that Kyle Hamblin almost picked off early in the game, they never they threw never another deep back. ball the entire nope. game. They didn't nope. need to. Let's throw a little now screen, and their corners can't tackle Devontae Smith or John Mechie or Najee Harris, exactly. so why would we take a chance throwing the ball down the field? Right. Yep. So Exactly. Good, good stuff today. Good Tyler Evans with the super chat. Thanks, Tyler. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the excellent coverage, guys. And what did you think of the Mike Elko contract extension from Duke? Is it too early or perfect for Duke? It's perfect for Duke because number one, it's not a monster contract. You always get into a little bit of trouble when you give a guy a contract too early. We've seen this Charlie Weiss, Mel Tucker. Oh, sure. But I think with Mike Elko, there's a little bit more of a track record there. I don't believe that the the contract. I'm actually going to look it up and see what say, the actual I'll, numbers I'll were. Your details here. Yeah, because because I want to. You know, they signed him through 2029. Okay. I don't uh, see. I, I don't know what the uh, what the specifics were of it. Most likely, what this turn. Let me just see if I can find some some numbers because I don't want to speak out of turn about this. But this is a, a little bit of a different situation than maybe. So it came down to you had an extension, um, you you get a bigger salary pool for assistance. It, it's a lot of that stuff was part of the, the negotiation. It doesn't say what his numbers were. If I had to guess, knowing how contract extensions like this are, there's a couple really important ingredients to this. Number one, which is, has been reported, it's a good head coach is a guy that doesn't just fight for himself to get pay raises. It's for a staff to get pay raises. Absolutely. And I'll give Brian Kelly credit. Every time Brian Kelly, almost every time, not every time, I'll say a lot of the time that Brian Kelly was fighting with Notre Dame about salary early in his tenure to the middle, a lot of it was also about, I need more for my guys. Late in his career, it was all it was more about him. But early on, it was about, okay, I need more of a pool, that kind of thing. And 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 so there's that. And then the other part of it, yeah, there's probably a, a jump. The problem with Mel Tucker's contract wasn't that they signed him to an extension. Is they And the same with Charlie Weiss, the issue with those two contracts, they gave him a ton more money. Mm-hmm. With Elko, I, I, I'd be willing to bet you it's not a ton more money. It's more Duke-friendly from a buyout standpoint if somebody comes calling. Sure. So if you leave for Notre Dame in four years after Marcus Freeman wins three straight titles and retires, right? Just just being silly, right? <laughs> uh, then it's going to cost Notre Dame a lot more, which helps protect us. Sure, exactly. It also is going to limit some of the schools you can leave us for. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to leave. Some schools are just not going to pay that kind of buyout. Big-time school will, and then you get paid for it. So the, those are probably two of the more important aspects of the contract extension is supposed to Mike Elko now making $10 million. I, I doubt it was like that kind of huge jump. And so I could be wrong, but I have a feeling it was a lot more about that. And in that regard, it's smart because if, if Mike Elko is able to have success and you're paying your coach as well, and his coaches are constantly leaving for bigger and better jobs. And sure. all of a sudden young talented coaches want to work for him. Hey, Elko's a good head coaching like he's a good coach's coach right you know he he's he's going to take care of you if you work your butt here 
he he'll understand you want to go be a coordinator somewhere you want to do this somewhere hey i'm going to work with you on that but when you're here i need you to work your butt off i'm gonna make sure you're taken care of all of a sudden if i'm a 31 year old assistant coach and i think highly of myself and i think i have talent and i'm coming up in this business that's a dude i want to go work for mm-hmm. with his connections and the fact that he fights for his staff and all that kind of stuff and and that's where you got to be at that. Look, it's hard for a place like Duke to just keep assistance for 15 years. I mean, it, it just is because they got success and all of a sudden Georgia's throwing money at him. The Duke's like, we can't afford to you know, pay an offensive coordinator $3 million. Like we just, you know, our head coach doesn't even make much more mm-hmm. than that. Right. But it's okay because your guy just left for Georgia, which means I can sell that to the next young offensive coordinator. That's going to run the system that I want to run. It's not ideal. But it's either that or get guys that are just solid coaches that nobody wants. Yeah. And then you can keep them forever. Yep. I don't know if that's necessarily where you want to be. Like the the getting the Phil Parkers to stay at Iowa for a long time, that's so rare nowadays. Right. Especially really with the younger is. generation. I mean, we're taught to come up in this business, Vince, that you take any job that's a promotion for you, you just do it. And that's what I was taught. And that's kind of how I was. That's why my first five years as a coach, I coached at four different schools. This <laughs> is what you're taught. It wasn't like that for a long time. Right. You know, and, and the older generation, I think, understands a little bit more. Like, you find a place that you're comfortable. Stick it out. The value of staying there. Staying there. And so you see like guys like Phil Parker staying for a long time at Iowa and guys like that. There's just not a lot of those guys anymore, Vince, to be honest with you. And and the money is, is getting so big for coordinators at some of these schools. Yeah. It's like, man, like – I can. You're talking million. I mean, you're making six hundred thousand at you know one school, and you jump up to two. Like, I'm curious what Jim Knowles' contract was at Oklahoma State. I'm going to see if I can look this up, but I, I, I'd be willing to bet that it wasn't great. Uh, yeah, he was. He's getting paid two million a year at Ohio State. I'm very curious to see what he was making at Oklahoma State, and I cannot find it. But that's a big jump. Like Oklahoma State offered him like 1.3 to keep him at Oklahoma State. If that was their money to keep him there, then he wasn't obviously. He was making 800000 per season. That's what he's making. They offered him a half a million dollar upgrade. So right. he went from, and it wasn't even close to what Ohio State offered yeah. him. Ohio State offered him 1.9. That's okay, a huge. Say two. Yeah. That's not. I was making. If like, if you're making one five and you leave for one eight, you're just kind of being greedy. It's not right. really. But like, if you're making eight hundred thousand and they offer you two, that's a big jump. It's doubling your salary, especially if you're not I mean, going to a state that's like, like it's be different. It's like you took the USC job. Like, uh, that one point two million dollar difference from living in Oklahoma ain't really going to be a hundred point one point two million because you're going to a state that's just going to tax you at a much much higher rate doesn't matter as much but if you're going to florida ohio Ohio's a pretty good stack state it's 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 good from what i remember it's like the cost of living there is way better you know sure. a, a really it's nice Midwest, house in columbus I mean, is going to be expensive yeah. but it's not going to be as expensive as a medium-sized house in la or new right. york or miami exactly. kind of thing right so there's those things to factor into vince um but going to from oklahoma to ohio that's that's a big pay jump so that's going to happen. You're going to lose those guys. It is what it is. You've got to make sure that your place is attractive enough to where I can then replace you with somebody that's also sure. very good. And that's just unfortunately the way that it ne- it's going to be. And Elko understands that because that's exactly what he did mm-hmm. in his career. I mean, he came to Notre Dame for a year, used that job to go get himself a nice big pay raise. He got a big at, pay raise at, going at to a Right? And and I have no ill will towards him for that. You do, do what you got to do. He was at Bowling Green for four years. He was at Hofstra for three years. 
he was a Bowling Green for four. He was at Wake Forest for three, Notre Dame for one, A&M for four, and then he's now the head coach at Duke. So it's not like there was anywhere he ever – like there's only one school he was at at the Power Five level that he saw the his first recruiting class through. Now, it's okay. It's part, of the, it's part of the business, right? I mean, I, I understand all that. But you just got to make it to where your, your situation is attractive enough to where when you are cycling through coaches that you've got the money to make it attractive. And then the guys that really like it there – may stay there a little bit longer a couple years longer sure than otherwise they would well, like a mike Elston, like, hey coach i want to stay with I you mean, man but not elston excuse me like yeah. mike elston he yeah. stuck around for a long time at notre dame because right he liked it here and I mean, and he, kids and i mean there were things that he prioritized more and, than money and when i say he right. liked it i meant like the whole i mean family was involved i mean it was right. no doubt about that yeah exactly right. A lot of coaches don't make that decisions for the same reasons mike elston did Correct. let's be honest most don't oh yeah, no doubt about that. Frank Sira, are you guys concerned about the wide receiver depth with the loss of KK Smith? Not yet. I mean, I don't I don't know how much he was going to play this year. I mean, they're still at 8 right now, healthy guys. Uh they also have five tight ends and five running backs, which also factors in, Frank, right? So it like does. you say if if you're going to be a 10 personnel team all year, then yeah, I'm a little nervous about it. Number 1. Number 2, to be honest with you, Notre Dame's got a couple pretty good walk-ons. And depth isn't just about – like eight guys is plenty to have a, a a depth chart going into a game where it can get problematic, Vince, is, okay, but I don't have anybody to run the scout team now. I had to pull up all the scholarship guys. Well, like Jordan Faison, number 80, that's not your typical walk-on, Vince. Yeah. Like when you well, think walk-on in Notre Dame – talked about him a like, lot. We have an opinion of what that looks like, right? Sure. You look at Jordan Faison. You're like, well, this kid was recruited to play lacrosse at Notre Dame, correct? Yes. And he's on a he's on a, he's on a bit of a lacrosse scholarship too. I don't know how much. I, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't have it. Is he? I don't. Know. I do know. Okay. I just don't know if it's a full one. Lacrosse team just did what again? They won a won national, national championship. championship. I was being sarcastic there. Okay, I was going to say. Point being, this Notre Dame's an elite lacrosse program. Correct. If you're coming to Notre Dame to be on the cross team. You're a pretty athletic kid. He was also a really good high school football player. Right. Maybe not quite Notre Dame level, but when you watch him around today, like that kid belongs at Notre Dame. I like Luke. It's Cowell's funny you say belongs that. Belongs at Notre Dame. Henry Garrity belongs yeah. at Notre Dame. So I was talking to an assistant lacrosse coach the other day, and uh, while doing my other job, and he's like, uh, he was talking about Faison. He's like, yeah, you know, we got a kid who's who's walking onto the football team. And he was genuinely terrified that he was going to get playing time yes. on the football team, and then he would get a football scholarship yep. because right now it's lacrosse one, football two, yep. and then. But if he gets a full ride football scholarship, whoop! Like the tables yep. are turned. So yep. that's how much they want him on the lacrosse that's team. How good of a football player he was, and that's how high school and, too. Exa- exactly. And so he's yep. genuinely worried he's going to get a scholarship at the football program. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. That tells you right there what a, what an athlete this kid is. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so, you know, you've got him to me. I mean, if he's your quote unquote nine, you're good. Yeah. I mean, you're, Leo Scheidler's a pretty athletic kid. I remember watching his film in high school. Like that's a pretty good football player. Right. Like that's a kid that if I'm a Valpo, I'm dying to get that kid to my school. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. So sure. if Leo Scheidler's running a scout team for me, he's going to give me a look. Jordan Faison's going to give me a look. If I ever get a situation, I got to play one of those guys like I did Matt Salerno. I think he'll be okay. He can help us with some things. Right. And so that's why it's really smart to recruit really good football players as walk-ons. Yes. 
and and uh, they've done that. I mean, this, especially the last couple of years. But this freshman walk on class is really good. You man. talked about that. Like this is the best walk on class that you've seen in That's, yeah a long like time. Legit football game. players, like right. legit football players in this right. walk. I mean, like guys that like Luke Couch has no business being on us on. Uh, a walk on for more than a year or two, like right at the most. I mean, that kid's a scholarship football player. Right. Jordan Faison's a really good football. Will he ever be a scholarship guy? I don't know. I hope not because I kind of want him to be part of lacrosse program. And <laughs> right. Both. I know, right? But if that can ever, if you're ever, right. quote unquote, forced to play him in a situation, that kid's athletic, man. Yeah. That kid exactly. can do some things. He can yeah. really do some things. So uh, I like, I like what he brings to the table. So to your point, Frank. I'm not concerned yet. Now, you give me another injury to a veteran and I might that's going to be long term and yeah, I'm like if if a receiver if another receiver goes down and he's going to be out 2-3 weeks, I'm okay. Yeah. If a second receiver goes out and he's going to be out a couple weeks, I'm okay. I'm good. If you're getting some of the what, what hurt Notre Dame last year Vince was the injuries they had were they were already thin. They had like mm-hmm. what, 6 or 7 scholarship receivers last year. And then it was the then whole Avery year. Davis goes down and he's out for the whole year. Right. Joe Wilkins basically was never 100% the whole year. Right. And then everybody else you had was freshman or sophomore. Those are your two veterans. Like those right. are the worst guys that you could have uh, right. could have lost, you know. This yeah. this team's a little different situation. You you, right. you you have a little bit more of a buffer because of your four-man freshman class, which is also and you had one freshman last year. Right. This is a very advanced freshman class, especially with Rico and Jaden. Like they know how to play football. Right. So I'm not worried about it yet. There are a couple injuries away where uh, it starts getting problematic. Yeah, I didn't. Concern. I mean, when I initially saw this question, I didn't see K.K. Smith as being somebody that they're going to be counting on this year. Um, that doesn't mean he's not important. I mean, you know, he could have worked his way up or whatever. So, yeah, it doesn't hurt them yet. But it's not just about but, playing. It's also right. about absolutely. That's a really good football player that even if he wasn't going to play this year, he's down there giving your your first team defense a lot. Absolutely. And, and he's that, learning the position. Exactly. And he's getting reps. Right? It's the depth for 24 because, you know, I'm not saying he's out for the whole season, but he's going to miss a lot of practice over the next few right. months. Coach Freeman right? said a couple months. So hopefully he's yeah. back in October. Right, that's, which that's going to be, the which whole. means he can salvage half of his season, which would be fantastic. Right. You know? Even if he just comes back for like November in the bowl games, I mean, you're going to get some work in, sure, and that'll help you get ready for the off season. He, uh, I almost said YouTube user from Salty Jagasaw at 330 pounds, 30 more pounds of weight. What kind of monster is he now? Yeah. So again, this is why, like. Notre Dame put him at 300 pounds because that's what he was when he came on a visit like as a junior. Ryan talked about this after the Army game, and yeah. Charles was up to 320 pounds. Yeah, So he's only really added like 10 pounds since the Army game, the Army All-American game. He hasn't added that much more weight. 30 pounds from like, it's like junior year of high school, sure, maybe. So it's a little deceiving. A little bit, yeah. Like like they had Sullivan Absher had like a 26-pound weight gain from where they listed him in the spring. Sullivan Absher did not gain 26 pounds since January. He just is now more accurately. He's gained weight, but he's now more accurately. His his weight is more accurate to what it truly was. You know, so that that's more of what's going on there. Than, that makes sense. Than, than necessarily. He had a 30-pound weight gain. He, was, he hasn't been 300 pounds for a while. So... Uh, I don't care what he was listed as. I, I promise you he's not been 300 pounds for a well, while. Well, I, I can tell you right now he looks like a good 330. And, uh, right. Like it, right. It's a good-looking 330 is what I'm saying. Right. Like, don't yeah, worry. And, and with any freshman, there's there's reshaping that needs to happen. But, like, yeah, he, he's, sure. he's in a good position. From uh, our boy Brandon Plentzer, 
If Colsey doesn't step up and seize a starting role at wide receiver this year, I would not be upset at all if Tobias, Tyree, and Jaden Thomas were the starting three wide receivers. I love that lineup right there. Well, I mean, what, whether he starts or not, I really don't care. It's about you need him, you need Jaden, you need Tyree, you need Tobias, you need Salerno, and you need at least one freshman to be part of a rotation. It's not just where three guys start and they play the whole game. You need more guys to play. So you even if Dion's not starting, you need Dion to be a factor for you. Just look at last year. He wasn't starting, and he made some clutch plays for Notre Dame last yeah, year. Yeah, he did. Big third down plays. So, uh, you know, you, you may love that. I'm, I'm not upset about that lineup, but it's not about being upset about it. It's about you need more than three guys to get through a whole season. Absolutely. So you still need Dion to continue to grow and develop and, yep. and uh, push as a player. And that's right. where he needs and to wide receiver is weird because it's not going to be the same guys starting every game. It's based on the package that's out there. Yeah. And sometimes it's know, 12. Yeah. I exactly. mean, yeah, it's, there's a million things that different, but, but I yeah. see where your head's at Brandon. And I like, I mean, I like that three as a package too. There's no doubt about it, but they're going to need more than that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's where sometimes I think we can miss the conversation about depth. It's like what, when we respond to Frank's question, right? It's like, it's uh, well, are you worried about the depth? Well, it depends on what you are concerned about. Are you concerned right. about, am I worried about the depth for Navy? No, I'm not worried. If, if you, am I an injury away from now? All of a sudden, if I have a five man rotation receiver, and that means I only have two scholarship players running the scout team. Not worried about that for Navy. Right. Not really worried about for Tennessee state getting ready for NC state. That's a problem. Getting ready for Ohio state. That's a problem. Right. So there's lots of different ways where depth can impact you. And, and again, right. that's why a good walk-on program is important. Absolutely. And I remember what the walk-on program looked like when Brian Kelly got hired. And and that was something that that he and and Mike Elson really made because he was a recruiting coordinator at the time, put a lot of emphasis on is we got to upgrade our quality of our walk-ons. Because I remember having lunch with Elson one day and he's like, What 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 makes it a challenge to build a roster in Notre Dame compared to Cincinnati? He was just making a point. At Cincinnati, we could go get all these really good in-state high school players. Mm-hmm. And we get some of them to turn down Mac school, some turn down one double A schools to come to Cincinnati. And since it's an in-state kid in an in-state school, he's not get, paying that much money. You can throw all kinds of money at him. Right. Absolutely. At Notre Dame, it's like these kids got to pay 60 grand. At the time, it was 60 grand, a little bit more. That's harder to do. I can't just yeah. get some Indiana kid, some in-state kid and say, hey, you only got to pay $10,000. And he's like, our special teams like loaded with walk-on kids, but they're called walk-ons. Like these are Division One ish caliber players, whether they're Mac kids or Youngstown sure. State level kids or or really good D two type players. So your roster is like 120 deep of of pretty good football players. And Notre Dame was like scholarship kids, and then like walk ons who just weren't that good. And you had the occasional good walk on, but there weren't many. Brian Kelly really raised the level of Notre Dame's walk on program. And, and in, I mean, walk-on used to be sort of a pejorative, like it's got a walk-on. Like now it's like when you think of a Notre Dame walk-on, you start listing off the guys that were walk-ons that became sure. really good football players. Chris Fink was a walk-on in Notre Dame. Yep. <clears throat> Take that kid off the 2018 football team and they're not as good. I mean, we could go down this list of a lot of guys that were oh, walk-on. Sure. Michael Vinson, one of the best long snappers in college football. Very important part to the Notre Dame oh, yeah. roster. Walk-on. John Sott last year, walk-on. Zach Yoakum, we talked about earlier, really good kickoff guy, walk-on, right? You're, what, what was hard for Notre Dame is they couldn't get good walk-ons to, to kick because it's so expensive to get here. It took you, – you had to really work at it, and they just didn't invest the time in it. Brian Kelly started to change that, 
And this staff has really changed that to where as has built on that, where, you know, let's go find some really good football players that, that, you know, cause they used to remember, they used to give scholarships to like every year, they'd give a scholarship to the a long snap. Like every third year, they'd give a scholarship to a long snapper. They had this thing where you'd come in Scott Daly, John Shannon, and, right. and you'd, you'd kind of sit out for a year and then you'd take over for four years for the guy that left. Right. Well then Michael Vincent comes along and you're like, well, this guy's as every bit as good than anybody we could give a scholarship to. And he's cool to be walk on. Now they eventually gave him a scholarship, which is awesome. You know, six year guy and all that, but you, you've got to have a strong walk on program to me to, to have the kind of depth on your team that you need to be effective because it's not always just about what my too deep is for Saturday. It's about what kind of look am I giving my starting offense sure. and starting defense, right? And you look at some of the kids that Notre Dame has as walk ons on like the D line, that number, I can't remember his name, is number 45. Like that kid looks like a scholarship athlete. Like he doesn't look like you're, your stereotypical walk on he's like six four and a half 285 moves pretty well like yeah like this K- kid's kobe on yuki yes. <laughs> yes and you're like this kid's a good football player yeah yeah six four 285 yeah. and yeah. so all those things factor and so like when you look at receiver to back to brandon's question is it's one thing to say hey i got my starting lineup figured out all right cool but they can't play every snap nor should they play every snap and you're gonna need the other guys to step up and play and if you only have three guys and you start kind of getting pigeonholed of, okay, we know where Jaden Thomas is going to line up every snap. I don't, right. I like Jaden Thomas a lot. I don't know if Jaden's kind of kid that you look at and say, we're going to just leave him at one position all the time. I don't know if you're you doing have it right to move by him. him. Yeah. If you're only playing him in one spot, are you really putting him in the best position to maximize his potential? I don't think you are because of how good he looked in the slot last year. Like you need to give him more opportunities to do that in, in certain situations. And so you need all those guys to play. No doubt. Nathan Milton, could you see JP and JL, uh, Jadarian Price and Julian Love being running back one and two? If so, does that impact the locker room? Like as in next year? Or is he RB1 and year? two? Look, those guys are not going to be RB1 and two this year, barring injury. Right. Like those guys are not beating out Audric Estime unless Audric Estime just decides he doesn't want to work hard anymore. Like Audric Estime. The what we were referring to is speed wise, it's not close. You right. can't run with those other guys. But I've also said a million times, speed is not as important to a running back as people think it is. Dexter, <laughs> you know who else is slower than than all those other guys? Like Dexter Williams would be slower in a forty yard split race. Dexter Williams are Dexter Williams ran a four five eight. Yeah, and that's it. But he was a really good football player. So to me. You know, I think some people are kind of taking that as like, oh, these guys are better than Audric. No, no, no. They're faster than Audric. Right. That's that's where they are. He's still their best running back by a lot, in my opinion. So I, I if it, if Audric goes down, heaven forbid, would I be okay with Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love being one and two? Sure, if they're the best two. But right. don't sleep on Jabron Payne, because here's what we're going to do. We fall in love with speed, right? Oh, got to get this. Okay, but this is a position where speed is nice if you have it, but Mm -hmm. I've seen some great backs not be fast. We just saw one at Notre Dame recently. Cardin Williams is a 4'6 kid. That's it. He would be the slowest running back on this roster most likely, but he's a pretty darn good football player, right? Now, I think he'd have a tough time starting on this team. I don't think he would start on this team. Let's sure. think, think about that for a second. I don't think yeah. Kyron Williams, if, if he's That's around crazy. now, starting over the That's kids crazy. that they have on the roster now. Yeah. 
but he's a good football player. Tony Jones was a four seven. He was a pretty good football player that averaged way more yards per carry than Kyron Williams ever did. So you just you got to look at it and and from that way too. Jabron Payne's going to be in that conversation. Devin Ford will be in that conversation. But the only way that it would create a only time depth chart creates a locker room problem, Vince, is when the players don't feel it's earned. Right. That's it. Yep. Agreed. And if Jadarian Price and Jeremiah, let's just say hypothetically that Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love just go out there and just dominate the position every day, and they're just clearly better than Audric. Audric could probably be upset, but the rest of the locker room would be like, hey, we love you, man. We need you to stay in there because we need you to help, but these guys are just better than you, right? Some most locker room would be because they, at the end of the day, they want to win. The reality is that's not going to happen because they're not better than Audric right now. Correct. They may be better down the road, but he won't be here by then. Right. What the, what's great about their step up, as we said before, is that they're going to take, make sure that you keep Audric fresh. Because as Vince said last week, if you can have a fresh Audric estimate in the second half of the season, because your depth chart allows you to keep the touches down early, yep. imagine this Notre Dame football team in October, November, when the yep. big when USC comes to town, and hopefully, what's a cold night when when they go down to Clemson and they're playing the Tigers, who are going to be better this year and hungry in that game when you're trying to make sure you avoid a slump or you know a late season swoon or you know a, a trap game against Clemson and you just know we can line up and we got our horse who is fresh and we're just going to run it down your flipping throat <laughs> and then when we and, and then he's fresh in November then you give him a month off and you're going to the first playoff game and Audric has about 75 fewer carries on his on his body mm-hmm. than he otherwise would have now we're now we're doing something, right? That's where you're yeah. excited about the town, and you can use them together. You know, where, where if Audric is hammering you and like, man, we gotta we gotta squeeze down all of a sudden. You run, you know, Audric here, and I got Jim, Jeremiah running like a wheel route or something like that, or Jeremy running a wheel route, and your your guy's coming down because he's so worried about Audric just hammering him, and boom, we're hitting that sucker big. There's that too, so they're gonna be part of what they're doing, guys. But but look, make no mistake. We're if we if we thought those guys might beat out Audric, we would have paid a lot more attention to Audric today. Absolutely, that's a great way to put it. Yep, great way to put it. Thanks, Vince. You're welcome. I'm gonna throw you a bone every now and again. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Bert, Bert Ferenc, if Jordan Patello just continues to flash but really needs breaks as far as snaps and both uh, Josh Burnham and Junior Tui Alamaka step up, how can you get both onto the field at once in this defense? Well, I, I think position. I think what you can do, however, is I think both either I think especially Junior has an opportunity where he could play some field end because if you're playing a team that's going to throw the ball a lot, Vince, you can put a bigger viper at the field and and do all that right and and the other thing too is how do you get them on the field it's in your nickel package where you can really get them on the field together because sometimes you may have three vipers on the field that's true on on third on your well maybe not nickel because your nickel is almost like a a base defense but a dime package sure a a, a nickel speed package where you know you're getting less because it's third you know you may have your base nickel four down two backers five dbs but you may have a tag for like nickel speed, like we talked about with 21 speed last week, where you're getting actually two running backs in the field. You can like have some kind of tag, Falcon, whatever you want to call it, where it's the nickel package, but we're putting two, three Vipers on the field because it's third and 12. Right. You know, and 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 we like being in with four down in these situations because it, you know, gap control is a little better with four down or whatever the case may be. There's thing you can do those type of things. But in in the base defense against certain teams. I could see a scenario where Josh Burnham and Junior Tulemacher are both on the field at the same time, or Jordan's on the one side, like he was talking about, and then both of those kids could play the other position. I don't know that. I don't know if it would make sense to have Josh Burnham playing big end right now because he's still a little lighter. But I would, sure. I would put Junior over there. Junior's got the beef for it, yeah. yeah, and the power. Yeah. yeah. A little question here, Vince from NC Notre Dame fan. He said, uh, "How much oh. is the message board?" Because we talk a lot about that. So. We have several different pricings. The base plan is you can pay $4.99 a month for the message board for a monthly membership, and or you can pay for an annual membership at $49.99. You also have what we have called the IB Booster Club. You can join the, the Shamrock Club, which is $100 a year, the Blue Club, which is $150, or the Gold Club at $200. If you sign up for the Shamrock or Blue Club, you get an IB Club mug that only goes out. So we have the IB mugs, but this one's the IB Club. Only goes to IB Club members. I don't have one. Vince doesn't have one. And if you sign up for the Gold Club, you also get the mug, but you also get an IB Gold Club shirt. So it'll look like this. But instead of IB Nation, it says IB Gold Club. And again, I don't have one. Vince doesn't have one. It's only the Booster Club members, and I'm not a Booster Club member. So we give those out. It's just a thank you for your support. And those are just for people that want to really support us above and beyond the normal rate. But the normal rate is $4.99 a month, $49.99 a year. And I promise you, you will not regret signing up. Well, I shouldn't say I promise you because you, you may not like it. It's not for everybody. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty confident that you're going to, you're going to, if you like the chats and you like the discussion that we have here and in the chats, then it's a, it's an extent. The message board is an extension of this and we give Intel and things like that. So you'll definitely want to check it out. And, <laughs> You know, we don't do the clickbait crap, and you know, we 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 believe in getting things right. So that's what I'm. Somebody wants to know if it says that in your profile on the message board, so you can flex at people. Uh, yes, it does actually. That you're a platinum member or yeah, whatever. It, does. Or not, it says you know, your gold. It says gold, yeah, gold club, club, and yeah, it does all that stuff. There yep. you go. See, yep. Jason, there yep. you go. Yeah, is it Spanky? Is that who asked that question? Uh, no, else? it was not. Okay. It was because if it's Spanky, I'll take it off there. But if if it's Jason, I'll put it on there. Yeah, I'll put it on there for you. 
I like that. Though. That's a good <laughs> question. I like that. Yeah. Corey Dean, uh, just going off of today, which position group needs the most work? Oh, just off of today? That's a good question, Vince. I would say probably. Well, for a while there, I was thinking it was the punters, but I'd take that back yeah. now. Uh, probably the wide receiver still. I mean, that's the group we thought it was going into the season. Sure. I'd say that's probably still accurate. Safety's still a work in progress. It's just Benjamin Morrison was so good today. Sure. He just kind of masks some other stuff. I'd say receiver and safety's not named Benjamin Morrison. I mean, not named Xavier Watts. How about that? Is that fair? One for each other. Absolutely. Of the ball. Yeah. I, no, you could good. say tight end too. You could you may you could even maybe throw tight end in over there just because of the some of the unknowns and stuff. Maybe tight end might be. Might actually, I'll, let's go tight end, Vince. For me, I'm gonna go tight end for me. I think tight ends are a little bit more of a work in progress than the receivers. Okay. Because I think the receivers were a byproduct of that. Again, they were going against Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart and. You know, like those guys are really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. They're they're really really good. From NC Notre Dame fan, who is the player that surprised you the most? Also, how are the walk ons looking? We already talked a little bit about the walk ons. Yeah, right. So we've already covered that. But uh, who surprised anybody? Surprised you today, Vince? I mean, I mean, you're just like wow, that guy. It Rocco surprised me, me off guard a little okay. bit. Okay, it surprised me. The Holden stays was the starter and he was getting a lot yeah. of reps and how, you know, it's, I'm not surprised that he's really good. That doesn't surprise me, but it surprised me on how he was being used on day one. Yeah. I will say that. And, and he, he paid it back. Like he, he paid the coaches back for having some confidence in him to give him as many reps as he got. I'll say that. Right. I, I, the way Rocco moved, caught me off guard. I mean, we expected Holden to be really good. I, I'll agree with you. He, he looked even better than we thought. I, but I wouldn't say that he surprised me. He was better than we thought. Okay. He didn't surprise me. That's fair. You know who, who else surprised I thought Chris, how well Chris Tyree caught the ball today surprised me a little bit. Because he didn't fight the ball like he did okay. in the spring. He did not. So not yeah, that no, he, he did surprised not. me. It's how well he, how clean he caught the ball surprised me a little bit today. Sure. I'll say that one. Um, defensively, nobody really surprised me. Um, didn't see enough. Like, I don't. Yeah. Like I knew Jaden Mickey was a talker and I know he can back it up. Like we thought so that, that didn't surprise me. Will, yeah. Vince. And we thought Xavier Watts yeah. was going to be really good. Right. So I'm not surprised how well he did. Nobody right. surprised me in a bad way today. That's a good point. I would say that I had some, any kind of expectations for, I, I would not say yet. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today. Right. It's just, just today. today. Yeah. Today. Yep. Super chat from AST one, two, three, two, one to hell with the off season. Football is back, even if it was just camp. Agreed. It's back. Yeah. Again, we're coaches, right? Camp is football for oh, us. Absolutely. Right? I mean, if you don't have a good camp, then your season's not going to go well. Right. So I never yeah. slept well the night before the first day of football practice. I was practice. so amped up. Ever. Yeah. Amped up and nervous. Like, do I have everything I need? Did I get everything done? Yeah. Did, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 100%. Like, yeah. 100%. That's the first. I am so. I was so much more chill before our first game. Than I was before. The yeah, you practice. put the work in. The preparation yeah. is done. Yeah, absolutely. If you're nervous going into game one, there's bigger issues. There are some problems. There are some problems. Patrick, you know, Fleming. I want to say this too real quick before sure. we get to Patrick's question. I had yeah. a couple people asking about what we saw from defensive assistants. It just was hard for me uh, because were, we were so far away. Yeah. Vince got a little bit of stuff from the corners during the period, but even then, he could he was you know, had to focus on the camera. So. I mean, we don't have really opinions of what we saw from O'Leary or 
or especially like Max Bulla or those guys. It just they were just too far away. We couldn't really evaluate tough. any of that today. It was tough. When and when I got the linebackers, Bulla and Golden were both working with them. You know, I couldn't hear what they were saying. I was too far away. But you know, yeah, it was it was hard to really pull any observations from that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Patrick, let's see what you got here. Does Marcus Freeman have Marcus? Does Marcus Freeman have assistance running basic instruction drills for rookies, or are they all doing a lot of standing around while the established players are getting ready? Well, that's a false choice. Those aren't the only two options, right? I mean, you're you're running instructions for all of the players on your team, and so if we're doing instruction, everyone's going to then get a get reps at what we had just instructed. Then when you get to team. Only 11 guys can be on the field at a time on your side of the ball. So everyone else is, yes, standing around. But they got re- they got a lot of – I mean, the third team got a lot of reps today. I mean, second team – I mean, there were times where Vince well, – yeah. like those walkthroughs where you had, you had split fields. Yep. And half yep. the team on one field, half the team on the other field. Get a lot of work yep. in. So Lots of reps. Lots I, those of reps. aren't the only two choices, Patrick. Like, there's, right. some, there's some stuff in between as well. And I think what we saw today, Vince, was the, 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 as well, the other stuff. Yeah. it's they were giving not basic instruction because it's like you can't teach to your lowest common denominator nope you have to bring your lowest common de- you have to bring your bottom up is the job a great educator doesn't like probably make you mad a little bit but one of the issues i have with what we have in our education system is like we're getting rid of ap class all these other things so we're bringing down the top to not to hurt people's feelings or whatever other dumb reason we're doing it as opposed to saying hey how about we try to lift up the bottom you know what I mean? And make it better for them. That's what coaching is. It's it's you can't teach to your freshmen because then you're not giving your veterans the the, the advantage they need. You got to find that sweet spot where I'm teaching my veterans, but making sure that you're bringing the freshmen along, which you do a couple ways. You your veterans help you with that. So if I'm over here instructing so and so, then you know Jaden Thomas has got his arm around Braylon James saying, Hey, you need to do this, 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 and this, right? Or or you know, hopefully Dion's doing that, or Jack Kaiser's taking Jay Nosbrander's under his belt as as Al Golden, Max Buller talking to the Wills. Jay, you know, Jack's over there in in Jeremiah Jay Nosbury's ear, you know, instructing him. That's part of it. And then you also make sure that you're giving them a little extra attention at times during different things. But they're they're always being taught. But the other thing too, and this is one of the most important things, one of the biggest cliches in sports that is a hundred percent needed cliche it's an important one is you need to begin mental reps right mental reps and if you teach that in properly it's a great thing and so i would say if you're a backup quarterback and you're not going through what if you're on the sideline and you're a quarterback not on the field if you're not reading out the play in your mind as to where exactly. you would go with the football if yep. you were in there then you just wasted an opportunity to get better mental reps Right. So you're not just standing around. You may be standing there, but you are reading it. You're looking. You know, I always tell critique the guy in front of you. If you know what route he's supposed to run, you know how he's supposed to take the take. How would you critique that? Right. And that's all part of the learning process that you do. And and if you have good leaders, and Marcus Freeman said something today that I thought was interesting. He goes, This is the he's this is my third year at Notre Dame. This is the closest team I've ever had. And he talked about the leadership that they have. And to me, that's a good thing because now if I'm Al Golden or I'm Max Bulla, I don't, I'm not the only one responsible for teaching Drake Bowen and Jaden, Jalen Sneed and Jaden Osborne, Preston Zinner, Nolan Ziegler. If I have the kind of leaders that I hope I have, you know who else is helping me with Jaden Osborne? 
Jack Kaiser. You know who else is helping me with Nolan Ziegler and Drake Bowen? J.D. Bertrand. You know who's helping me with Jalen Sneed or whoever else that's at will? It's Maris Lufau. Mm-hmm. You know who's helping me bring along Tyson Ford? It's Javante Jean-Baptiste and Nana. Right? On and on and on. That's a, a team with leadership. So you're hoping you're seeing that too, Patrick. But you have to make sure you got the veterans squared away before you can worry about getting your freshman. Because, yeah, we got the best coach freshman in the country. We went six and six because we didn't spend any time on our veterans and we coached two freshmen all year. But hey, our freshmen know what they're doing and we got the freshmen in and the fans love one freshman play. Oh, yeah. So they're going to be totally fine with us going six and six because we played all the freshmen. Yeah. Right. 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 And that's how it works, Vince. That's what makes everybody happy. Freshmen. No, No, then they just get mad and say, well, wait till next year's freshman class gets in here. Then we're really going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. Good times. Iris trending. How much playtime do you expect uh, Jeremiah Love to get this season, even with Price and Payne staying healthy? I mean, that's kind of up to him. He's got to work his way up the depth chart at this point. I mean, he's the only incoming freshman, so he's at the bottom. He's got to work his way up, and that's just how it works when you start camp, okay? Yeah. If he continues to build on what he did today, I mean, he's got a chance. I, You know, McCull- Coach McCullough is very specific about how he does playing time. He's got eight starting roles within how he does things, right? One guy can have two, three, four, five, all of them all the way to all five guys have one of that. Like there's a million different scenarios that you can have where, where Jeremiah gets an opportunity to play. It's way too early to start handing out percentages of snaps and things of that nature. Especially since you have yet to put shoulder pads on. Exactly. He looked good today. Yeah. He's got to build on It's a good step. It's a good step in the right direction. Absolutely. Great start. Archer fans can overreact to things like camp picks. Is there, uh, if there was one, if there was something to genuinely be concerned about, how would you report on it? It would be a thing where it's like, man, this, uh, the, the same things happen over and over, right? Interceptions bother me sure. when they're done because you're lazy with your decision or your throw or because you're doing things that we are very basic. Like that's football 101. Why, why are you even making that throw? Like, we're right. not, you're not even supposed to read that guy. Like, wh- why are you throwing that route? That is literally a clear out route or a sit route. Like, that's not even part of your read. Right. So, when you make a throw on that, that means you're just, te- that's just telling me you're not doing what we're telling you to do. Those things can bother you. And we would report on that. Like, this, this ball didn't even get to be thrown. And you would then kind of report a little bit on how the coach reacted to it. Coach lost his stuff when a guy threw this pick. Clearly, right. he was not supposed to do that. Right. The other thing, too, is when you start to get patterns, right? This kid has thrown multiple interceptions every day. Some of the interceptions we talked about today were during one-on-ones. Right. Most of them were during one-on-ones. Throw the ball. You're throwing the ball. Right. Those don't bother me. And the only time one-on-one picks bother me is when it's a bad ball. You know, I mean, there's there's teachable things on that. Hey, that guy cut it off. So how about this? How about you maybe throw that sucker over the top? That, right? Hey, I tried to slam it in there, and I, you told me to throw it. So, okay, I'm telling you to throw it, but I'm also telling you not to give up on the play. Right, so exactly. Put it where only your guy can guy, get it. Yeah, throw you know? it high. Yeah. Maybe drop it over top of him. Throw <laughs> that sucker low and away. Exactly. Where that, you know, and those are all part of the learning process. So that's sometimes when you throw a pick on day one, it's kind of like, well, okay, when we're in the film room tonight, so Sam where could you have thrown that ball where maybe he doesn't get picked? Right. 
And sometimes the answer is nowhere. The guy's running a hitch route, and the corner was standing right in front of him. Like, okay, you know, what am I supposed to do? You can throw it away, but, you know, give your corner a chance to go make a play. And as a coach, you know that. Like, okay, I know he's not going to make that throw, right? Exactly. Then you say, well, but are you teaching bad habits? And maybe, you know, maybe. But one-on-ones aren't really where quarterbacks develop their reading concepts because there's no read in a one-on-one. You're just – you're throwing the outcut working on timing, right? If you're seeing a guy throw a lot of team interceptions, if you're seeing a guy throw picks because he's rushing throws, the pressure came, he's just getting the ball out quickly and he hits a linebacker in the chest, we would report that and that'd be a problem, yep. right? Yep. Uh, if, we, if we, it's report, just, we report things we're concerned well, about. I what, mean, yeah. It, I, yeah. So like, we're not one of those people like, oh, I never care about interceptions in practice. I don't really care about them on day one if they're done the way that we saw them today. Like, correct. Th- and that's what we said. The one that we had a problem with was the one that Steve Angeli threw, mm-hmm. where it's like, dude, where are you throwing the football? There was no like, blue shirt around. Like, it, was it was kind of a rush throw. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 you, that's no. not the kind of throw you can make. However, I'm not concerned about it because it's day one. Right. And Steve Angeli is a redshirt freshman. Right. Now, if Steve Angeli's still making that throw on day nine and 13 and 16, that's a big problem. And so I, I think it's more about the pattern aspects of it, Vince. And that's how we report on it. Like, you know, this is just a, a, a read that he's had a hard time making. He is consistently missed on this throw. And th- I think that's the way that you can report on those type of things, Vince. Any, any other thoughts on that particular yeah. aspect of it? I mean, the way I was reading the question, Brian, was like, he said, okay, here's an example. It's interceptions or whatever. And then, then he says, if there's something concerning, like anywhere, like anywhere on the field with anybody, you know, how would we report it? We, we just tell you what we see. And then we, t- we, we give you our opinion on why that might be a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, but we always have something to back it up. It's like, okay, this is happening a lot. Yeah. It's not just an isolated incident. It's not just a bad practice. It's not because t- look, fall camp's four weeks long. There's no chance that every kid is going to have a great day every day. Right. Like it, it's that's just an impossibility. That's never going to happen. And so we get very small peaks into practice. There's a not, there's a chance that we might see some bad stuff, right. From, from a kid or whatever, like bad play is what I'm referring to. That could just be a very small window. That's also why we cultivate sources because what we get to see with our own eyes is very important but there's also 80% of the practice that we don't get to see. And yeah. so we need to find out, okay, is what I'm seeing something that's happening a lot or did so-and-so just have a bad day? You right. know, that kind of a thing. So it it's, it's multi-level before we want to freak people out in a bad way or before we want to praise a kid in a great way, because we also want to find out if that is a, is mm-hmm. something that's happening on the other 80% of the thing. So Archer, it's all the same as far as we're concerned. Like we will praise the kid if we find out he's doing this on a consistent basis, and we will p- level our concern out there if if we think that there's something to be concerned about. You know, um, yeah, I, we would. <laughs> we we've and we've had these conversations in after camps before. Like this is a problem, right? Right. <clears throat> it's right. like when an O line's getting beaten week one of fall camp. Don't care. Yeah. And week one's getting beat. O line's getting beaten week three of fall camp. That's a problem. Those are those are the different aspects of it. But yeah, we would we would have those conversations. And Absolutely. it was just say, like, this is a problem. It's is because like there's a bad play, 
eh, the guy threw a pick. It was a bad play. Right. And this guy threw a pick, and he had three easy misses, and he was rushing his throws, and you know, then, then you kind of start. If a guy gets beat for – Joe Walt's going to get beat for a sack this fall camp. Promise yep. you. I don't it's know when happen. it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hey, he had a bad set. He didn't set correctly. The guy got 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 underneath his pads, or you know, he he didn't you know took a bad angle in his pass set. Okay, that's what happened. That's what fall camp is for to work that stuff out. Exactly. So that way it doesn't happen when you get to Saturday. And Coach Freeman talked about that. Like guys, this is this is all about what's going to get us ready to go win in Dublin. That's what this is about. And you don't fit, you don't have that answer in day one, right? But what I saw today in day one, it's a good day one. It's a very Absolutely. good day one. Yep. And, a, and a lot of talent to work with. And now they just got to get more proficient and better. And there's going to be a lot more install. They're going to start, start sure. doing a lot more. Because the thing about the install is when you when you get to day five of install, you're, you're still running stuff from days one, two, three, and four, which makes it a little bit more challenging than day one. And on day five, day five install, you're now also able to get hit. Yeah. Because it's the, it's the full padded practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's sure. like, uh, now, now you separate the men from the sure. boys, so to speak. Right? And Right. It's all part of the process because you and I both know this, Vince. You get we call them half speed heroes, workout oh, yeah. warriors. You know those guys that that, that every year, man. This practice kid all is American. Are the first yeah. three days of practice when yeah. there's no pads on, right? And then once tackling starts, like this guy is just doesn't want any. He doesn't want any part of that. He doesn't want the and, smoke, man. Yeah, and you find yeah. out who those guys are, but you don't know that in day one. Day one, you're like, Correct. oh, so and so had a great off season. Are you seeing he's killing people, right? And you know, and then then day seven or and eight comes, day ten comes, and it's like this guy hadn't made a plate since we put shoulder pads on. It's not made one plate since we yeah. put shoulder pads on. I, you know, I had a, we had a kid uh, was just smoking seven on sevens. You know what I mean? I mean, he was just he's always open. I mean, just just smoking seven on sevens. You put the pads on, it's like where did he go? Like it just it just alligator arm and everything. Yeah, I don't want, yeah. right. Yep. It's just completely different, you know, completely yeah. different. And I, Archer, the one last point I wanted to make with you as well, and I think you probably know this about us. We try to keep it to the play that the guys are making. We don't. We're not going to attack a kid. Oh, this kid's terribly shouldn't be on the team. You know that kind of like. We're not going to do that kind of a thing. Don't, don't think so. I'm trying to think if there's time I might say that, but yeah, but it's also, but we also, it, it, we're okay saying this guy's playing bad. Sure. I just don't think I I don't think I would ever say that about something we saw on day one. Right. I right. Don't know. Oh, that's a good point too. Yeah. It's day one. If you if you're if you're like we suck on day one. I had a coach explain it to me this way, and it was so right. During the summer and the first week of fall camp, first five days of fall camp, you are like every team in America, we are gonna be so good this year. Oh yeah. Like we are so good. And then by week two, you're like, we aren't going to beat anyone. Like every team in the country by <laughs> practice 13 is like, we are beating no one this season. That's just yep. fall camp. And then by the end of fall camp, you kind of like have it evens out are. someplace. But yeah. you kind of find that like, we are so good. Pads come on. Yeah, we're still pretty good. Week two, practice 14. We suck so bad because your <laughs> kids got heavy legs. You're tired yeah. of looking at the same guy every day. You haven't slept in your own bed really in a, in, in two weeks. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, it's just like we suck so oh, yeah. bad. My receivers are all running four nines. They got camp legs. My quarterback can't throw an out cut. He's got camp arm. Yep. But you battle through it and you get there. But that's all part of the evolution. And sometimes one of the dangers of allowing – some media folks at practices, I don't think not everybody understands 
what the evolution of a football team is supposed to be throughout fall camp. Right. And like the biggest one is almost every year that I've covered Notre Dame, there's extreme overreactions to something about the offense, usually a negative overreaction. So-and-so doesn't look good. The offense didn't look good. And it's like, it's the third day of practice. I don't know that I've ever coached. I coached on one team where we looked really good the first week of fall camp. And that was when I was at Duquesne because we literally had two NFL receivers on our football team. Mm. Yeah, we were pretty good. You know what I mean? Like I had division one receivers and we were going against FCS receivers. Yeah, we're going to look pretty good, right? I like to think that it's all coaching, but I'm not a liar. <laughs> I know it's talent. You're realistic. <laughs> and that, but that, I mean, it's usually, in, but even then we would have our losses and stuff, but it, it rarely happens to, I mean, your defense is almost always ahead of your offense, except if you're like at USC you know, because that's always one of oh, USC's, oh, their offense, we have their defense. I'm like, yeah, you guys are going to not be happy about that when the games start being played. Yeah, exactly. so you're going to realize your offense is really good, but you're going to realize it's also because your defense is terrible. Garbage. Yes. Uh, because of Hot the way your garbage. head coach runs the program. So the, those those are aspects of it. But you got to understand that. And, and as coaches, you can get frustrated by that, right? We we all oh. know it, but we still get mad and we and yep. practice 10. And, right? and just the nature of it. And look, when once you get to practice 13, 14, whatever it is, like – Coaches' tempers are shorter. Like, yes. you're, I mean, that's that's all. I've seen you more than I've seen my wife. Yes, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I'm tired of the OC riding me because you know his yes. play calls are garbage, and you know, and and, right. and he's blaming my guys for it. It's how you perceive it, you know, or whatever. And just like, gee, I wish the offensive line coach would teach those guys how to block, right? You know, because my quarterbacks are getting killed every day. Yep. It's all that stuff starts ramping up, man. You got it. And it uh, that's why I say week two of fall camp, like we are beating no one. We <laughs> suck as coaches. Our kids have no talent. We are gonna suck. I love and, it. And uh and then I you then it. you're like, okay, you get through that period and then you're like, okay, we're we're pretty good so again. So funny, right? And you have more realistic. But Vince, is that not like how every fall camp oh, has ever gone for you? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like there, <laughs> so there was this year. We're way better this year. There was little that could have really ticked me off on the first couple of days because I was so excited yeah. to be there. Yeah. Like we're getting back at it. Like, yeah, yeah kids I'm are right. flying around. They're oh, fresh. Yeah. They're, yeah. Everybody's fresh. Exactly. Because you know, yeah. we, we used to give them the week off before fall camp and then they would come in and they'd be all fired up, ready to go. Like nothing would, could go wrong. And then give it a week. <laughs> Just give it a week. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. All right, Vince, that is going to actually do it. We had a super okay. sticker. Oh, John Bertucci. Thank Thanks, you, John. John. Very, 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 very much, man. We appreciate you. But that's going to do it, Vince. You want to take us out of here? Absolutely. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. It was a great day. It was Christmas morning for us. Got to go see some Notre Dame football, seeing the ball all over the place and just having a great time. We had a ton of people in here today, and it was awesome. It was awesome to share this day with you guys. We're going to be back tomorrow. We got a, we got a practice viewing tomorrow. And I assume show Ryan and I will Ryan and I will do one at one. Okay, we'll, yep. we'll do a, I'll do kind of my recap of one, and then you and Jesse will do yours right at six. At six o'clock. Yep. Okay. We'll, so we'll be back with IB Nation Sports Talk tomorrow night. Gave Jesse the night off tonight, but we'll be back tomorrow night as well. Uh, so hey, more observations, more excitement, guys. Football season is here, so let's get after it. But make sure you hit that like button, the subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and share with your family and friends. So. For Brian, I'm Vince. Thanks for joining us on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.